Hello America, this is your host Mark Dunnigan and you have tuned in to, that's right, The Daily Answer. Years ago, boy, years and years ago now, like another lifetime, and you know what, you do have multiple lifetimes, not in the not in the sense of reincarnation. You have one lifetime here. But while you're here, may I suggest to you, as I look back, you do have different lives while you were here. There was a life kind of, I would say, before you get your driver's license. There was a life then. Then there was a life that comes with responsibility, maybe the life when you're single before you get married. The life when you're newly married before the kids arrive and then the life when the kids are little, then that different life when the kids are teenagers or college bound, a different life once the kids leave and a different life once the grandkids show up. Yeah, I mean, I've had multiple lifetimes in this one life. So years ago, my mom was in the hospital for, oh, some kind of surgery. And maybe overnight or two nights, and her younger sister came by the house to check on things, which was good of her, good-hearted. And among other things, when she came into our home, I was sitting on top of the fridge, eating lunch or breakfast, probably eating like a bowl of cereal. And it seems like, if my memory's correct, she took one look, turned around, went back to the hospital, and informed my poor mom that she needed to get it together, (laughs) need to heal and get home as soon as possible because her home was simply falling apart. All right. And mom actually told us that when she got home from the hospital. Um, Yet to be fair, I believe that my aunt, the aunt on that occasion really did like me. She loved, she lived up in the country probably eight miles outside of town near my grandparents on my mom's side. And for many years or for a couple of years, that's a hard thing to remember when you look back. Sometimes it seems like in your memory, you did something every summer or there you played a game or you did hide and seek with the neighborhood every summer. And the truth of the matter is it might've been one particular summer. But I do remember, I think, her making me a birthday cake for my birthday. We went up there. We drove up to her house. My my birthday's in the winter. And so it would, it would always be dreary. It just seems like it would always be rainy. And I guess I envy kids that had their birthday in the summer because you could have this wonderful summer birthday party. And it was pretty hard to have birthday parties in the winter, and particularly on a school night. So, and what I vividly remember about those trips, the weather would be cold, often foggy, dreary, and I could never see myself living up there in the country. Well, it seemed very lonely. But, I don't know. As I got older, I could see why people wanted to be there. It was beautiful scenery. It was gorgeous. I also remember that she gave me a glass of milk. And it was instant powdered milk. I think Carnation made it. Came in a box that was red and white. 
We sold it at the grocery store, I remember that. But the milk it produced was real thin, maybe almost had a blue tint to it. And it came, as I noted, in a tall red and white box. The house had a basement, which was a pool table. Boy, how I how often I fantasized about why can't my mom and dad get a pool table? Wouldn't it be great to have a pool table in the garage or even better have a pool table in the living room? But that was super, such superficial thinking. I can afford a pool table now and I've been places where there's been a pool table. And I don't know about you, but I play about one game of pool and I'm done. I just can't sit there and play over and over again. It's in my mind, it's it's not cracked up to be what it's advertised to be. But when I was a kid, when I was a kid, I just thought to myself, man, I could have a pool table. I mean, that's like the height of luxury, right? I mean, man, I'd be happy. And no, those things can't make you happy. Years later, decades later, my aunt and uncle were gone and their kids Someone else bought the house. Now, I remember being out of high school and going to a party there. That was a surreal moment. A party at my aunt and uncle's house. And the owners of the house were gone, as I noted. And things were not the same. And neither was I the same. I had become a different person. The hallway leading to the bedrooms, there were a couple of pictures of trees that had like contour on them. That they were pictures of, of trees or trees by a lake or trees by a lake in a mountain. But the trees had like, um, like fur on them or, you know, the trees kind of stood out from the picture. It was a three-dimensional picture. And I remember just staring at the pictures those pictures of those trees as I would go back and use the restroom and stand in the hallway. That it's interesting what you remember as a child. And my aunt and her husband were religious people. And the last time I saw her was when I was in high school. I still had my Volkswagen and I drove my mom and my younger brother up to see her on one particular day. And they had sold their house, the house that had the basement, the ha house that had the pool table, the house that had the trees. And it remodeled the old farmhouse in which my grandparents had lived. And it just seemed like a strange choice because the house that grandma and grandpa lived in was smaller. It didn't have as good of a view. It just was, I don't know, I thought like, well, why did they do that? But they did. And of course, the house where grandma and grandpa had been in, been in was completely different now. It looked different. They'd actually put a basement in it. I don't know how they did that. I don't think they moved the house away and dug a hole. But somehow they'd put a basement in that house. And it was perfect. It, it, everything was in its place. My aunt was a meticulous keeper of home and she had all sorts it was a knickknack house 
had all sorts of little knickknacks and antiques and things that they had bought and etc. And she proceeded to show us around and there was obviously a little tension in the room because well, settling the estate of my grandparents had been very contentious among the family members. But it looked like the smoke had cleared and everyone had kind of got at least something and seemed things were getting back to normal. And maybe this meeting was intended to be the first of many to repair the damage. Mm -hmm. She had the house just the way she wanted it. She, she had gotten what she wanted. And then the unexpected happened. Her husband, who had been very religious, left her for another woman. Man, just a reminder, awful when prosperity shows up, so does temptation. My wife says, Mark, the goal in life right now, as we are later on in our years, at this stage in our lives, is not to do anything stupid. What happened with my aunt and her husband is a pattern I've seen many times since. There's a temptation that can arrive when both of your parents are finally gone. I've seen relatives, friends, or professed Christians do things after their parents died, like when both parents are gone, that they would have never done while the parent was still living, like the, like the parent was a like a fence in their life. But after that parent was gone, then the fence was gone. Maybe it's one of the things that their faith was not their own. And the reason they did things was not out of sincere motives. Just one reminder that God needs to be our father as we get older. And ultimately, he is the one to whom we have to answer. Ecclesiastes 12, 13 and 14. We're going to answer to him. Seems that some people are far more conscious of their parents' approval or looks then the fact that God sees all and being right with him. So be as spiritually strong as you can before your parents depart from this life. Because that will test who you are. Are you real? Are you genuine? Are you authentic? Is your faith your own? And it will reveal who you've allowed yourself to become. When your parents are gone, it's a little bit like being in a city where no one knows you or being all by yourself. That's the real you. Yeah, when your parents are gone, that's the real you. What you do then, that's the real you. Instead of leaning on God and turning to my mom for advice or strength, and I think my mom would have been there for her or others, my aunt took her life. I've tried to learn from that. Keep a strong network of friends around you. Don't burn the valuable bridges. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. Attend. Attend services. Stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Seek to clear, keep a clear conscience. And don't walk off the face of the earth for any human being. Keep your mind on the big picture. Do not buy into the fantasy that stuff can bring happiness. You know, on that last day I visited her, I just remember that, that the house was perfect. 
it was outfitted like a scene in some country living or country home or southern living magazine. Yet none of it could save or deliver her when she really needed help. Obviously, she was devastated and hurt. And all those possessions remained simply silent, mute, unable to speak. They could not cry out or offer a timely word like the idols in the Old Testament times. That day that she decided to take her life, they could not cry out and say, do yourself no harm, as Paul said to the Philippian jailer. There is hope. And there was hope. There was hope. Yes. I mean, her husband had his flaws. He was he had not been perfect, obviously. And she would have been someone that another man would have cherished. There probably was somebody else out there for her. Maybe even better than what she had. And she had time and she could lean on God and she has had scripture. You know, pick the right foundation. Have your anchor tied to Jesus, Hebrews chapter 6. Because often in life you will come up against something really, really big. Something that will shake you all the way to the core of your being. And test everything that you believe in a matter of seconds. I've had things like that come into my life. Okay, what do you believe? And you got seconds to figure it out. Part of that, part of this kind of saddens me. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm trying to remember the timing of this. And I think I was a Christian. And I think I was a new Christian, though. And it just saddens me that there was nothing I can do. So word to all of us, seek to remain involved in the lives of others. Do not get so busy in your own life that you forget about others. Reach out, check on loved ones, even if they never or rarely call you. Mark Dunnigan for The Daily Answer. We'll see you in the funny papers.